This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Magpies Unrestricted. Ladies and gents, and welcome to Magpies Unrestricted, where we'll be talking all things Newcastle United. I'm your host, Chris Simpson, and joining me, as always, is Cara Thistlethwaite. Hello. And unfortunately, listeners, we are joining you after Newcastle were the victims of a giant killing for the second season in a row in the third round of the FA Cup. We lost to Cambridge uh, United at this stage last season. And on Saturday, we lost to League One's Sheffield Wednesday. I mean, they are on form at the moment. They and are. And they played exceptionally well. Um, I mean, Newcastle had a lot of the possession, but they just didn't seem to have that final cutting edge right at the end. Um, we'll get onto a couple of things because there wasn't um, there wasn't VAR and I don't think there was goal line technology. Not that that was an issue for any of these goals, but there was definitely offside for a couple of... Two, yeah. <laughs> two goals. It doesn't. At the end, it didn't make a change in the actual um, in the actual result, even if those had been both ruled out. But um, yeah, I mean, Eddie Howard made eight changes to the sides that drew against Arsenal. Right, were understandable because you've got to push for the top four, um, and there is a bit of a lack of depth that we've touched on a few times. Yeah, um, and I reckon it did cost you the game because when those five players came back on, there was a difference. However, yeah, I think if they'd have been on at the start, maybe it's a different story. But yeah, maybe because I think they would have pushed Sheffield Wednesday to the edge just in fitness wise and that, and mm. and saying Sheffield Wednesday were on the ball the whole time. But if they were having to do that against the the first team players or the entire first team of Newcastle, I reckon at some point the concentration would have lapsed in the second mm. half more so than it did. Um, but yeah, they they pressed really well, um, which was what you need to do against Newcastle. I, don't think teams do it very often just shut them down don't let them play um, don't let them control the midfield uh, it was yeah. it was a really good performance from Sheffield Wednesday you have to say um, f- you know first and foremost they played really well um, you know so not to take anything away from them I, th- I think you make a good point in terms of the you know the team selection I mean one thing I have to say obviously was it was good to see Alexander Izak back he played the first 45 minutes which Given obviously how long he's been out, I think it was always the plan just to give him give him forty five, and then you know take him off. Um, unfortunately, and I guess you know you, you can excuse this because he's been out for four months. He's obviously bound to be a bit rusty. He's still getting up to fitness and getting that match sharpness back. But he had two good chances that header especially, which yeah forced a save. But really, he had sort of a lot of time. And still, kind of headed it in a in an area that was still quite easy for the goalkeeper to to, to keep it out. I mean, let's not take it away from the goalkeeper. He had an excellent game, but it wasn't just Isaac that was doing that. Alexander Armstrong missed a couple. Jolington managed to sky a few. There was a couple that that he could have hit in a different direction rather than down the centre. Um, it wasn't as bad as Jolington's miss, um, but yeah, there was a there was quite a few chances where Newcastle made a meal or made a massive mess of it. Yeah, um, we were very wasteful in front of goal, and then of course 
Chris Wood. I mean, we've not even talked about the goals yet, oh, which we it. will it get was to. Chris Wood, wasn't it? Chris Cam Wood. Yeah. yeah, with that huge <laughs> miss that would have made it to all. Yeah. He just got it all wrong. And, and he, you know, he was clean through, literally missed the target completely. Um, and you have to wonder, actually. Look, obviously, until we get probably at least one, one other striker in, Chris Wood's going to have a place in the squad because we don't have the depth because you've got an injury prone Callum Wilson and you've got an Alexander Izak who's making his way back from four months out so at the moment you do need a third body there up front but do we think that this is kind of it for Chris Wood missing that chance again I I say that he's still going to get in the team at least for the foreseeable future when we need another body up front but just long term Unless he can seriously turn it around, yeah, he's not. He's not covered himself in glory at all. He's not even been that useful in set pieces. Um, I know, considering you, know, you again. Obviously, yesterday he only came on late on, but just generally, you know, you've got players like Kieran Trippier with their delivery from set pieces and just general crosses into the box. You'd think that'd be like. Um, prime target yeah for Chris would you th- you'd think that would be absolutely um, right up his alley just planting them on his head all day long and yet it's just not ever worked out that way no I think I think maybe maybe it is but I mean who definitely who, who didn't show that that lack of confidence was um, Josh Windass I think that is now seven or six goals in a week he scored now it might be six five I think he got, he got a hat trick because uh, as you said Wednesday in great form uh, they were I think second in League One they'd just beaten Cambridge 5-0 and I think he got a hat-trick in that and, can I and say then he, two against us and his second goal was what a finish it was Premier League like it was so, it was so calm he'd beaten your defence with his pace and he controlled it you know Dubravka was coming out and he just slotted it past him curled it round into the corner absolutely excellent um, I know his first goal may be a little bit of controversy because he might have been offside but if he was I, offside he was definitely offside but was so offside, was Bruno for our yeah yeah I was going to say like, back, if he was so offside I, he was that offside where it doesn't really he's not really going to give you that much of an advantage whereas Bruno's offside does his entire body was offside <laughs> he was so far fucking offside it was unreal I, I think <laughs> for me it doesn't matter because because of the first one yes they, but, they were both offside yeah but if so I'm you know but if it had obviously been, it was annoying at the time if it hadn't have but been for then ours was offside so and, and as you say Windass's second is a worthy winner of that game it was a really good finish um, yeah obviously shame for us because we did the right thing in terms of well obviously anyhow he brought on the big guns we managed to get one back straight away which gave us a good chance I just don't think there was enough comeback. time for them being in the only one who really made an impact was, was Bruno I think of the ones who came on I, I honestly don't think Almar really I mean, managed to get a grip in the game I know it was Almar not long. so much Trippier's delivery definitely helped towards the end Again, yeah that, that helped he to, was also doing set pieces so us, like all he had to do was that helped on. to lead us to that yeah. to um, Bruno's goal but yeah um, but yeah ultimately yeah unfortunately Newcastle out of the FA Cup um, at the first time of asking second season running again to uh, League One opposition so I wish all the best for Wednesday that's not great especially after all we've yeah. talked about with um, getting silverware yeah silverware going on cup runs it being different to to the Mike Ashley era but I think the only sa- the saving grace of it is that 
these two results have been exceptions rather than the rule in terms of our general form and our general approach. And again, I think given the circumstances, I say if we weren't probably if we weren't in the middle of pushing for top four, and if we didn't have a big game on Tuesday. I'm sure we would have put out a stronger side. I think you calling it a big game on Tuesday is a little bit far. I think this is going to be an absolute walk in the park compared to Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll get to that preview in a minute. But it's a big game in the sense of, you know, there's the semi-final place on the line and it is one where we have a yeah, good no, chance of winning, mean, yeah. if, if you know what I mean, from, yeah. from, from that point of view. Um, so, yeah, that that's a, a, a dis- it was a, obviously a disappointing one. Again, fair play to Wednesday. They did deserve it. And, yeah... Wish and work obviously in the fourth round, uh, but it did come after a good result for us um, away at Arsenal, a nil-nil draw. Um, not a pretty one. We struggled to get half our and half a large periods, and when we did have the ball, we didn't do a lot with it for most of it. But we restricted Arsenal, you know, to a lot of half chances, a lot of long shots. They didn't manage to then take them. Look, it was a scrappy game. Lots of fun. We were shit housing all over the place. Yeah, it <laughs> which is is what we do now. It's not going to earn us any um, fans amongst the neutrals, but it it's effective. <laughs> um, <laughs> Nick Arteta absolutely losing his mind on the touchline. Largely understandable, but also quite funny. <laughs> it was funny, but you, you can see you can see why he'd be annoyed. I mean, but ultimately, as I say, not pretty. But it was it, you got to say ultimately a pretty good performance from us in the sense that we went there going we are going to absolutely foul our way to a nil-nil draw mm. and we we accomplished exactly what we set out to do yeah I think as soon as as soon as Arsenal didn't let you um, play how Newcastle want to play uh, it was very much a um, right let's just let's just absolutely scam this uh, <laughs> and, and uh, try and do the best we can to prevent them from, from doing anything Um there was a great save from Nick Pope to deny Nikita in the 87th minute but I mean and at I'm the not, other end you know Joel Winton yeah. uh, really should have scored yeah definitely uh, just before half time that header um, you know when he just sort of got it all wrong um, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not sure it was a good performance but it was a performance that just needs um, it's, it's a poor performance that, that scrapes your point which is which is what you've got to do at this level and and you've denied Arsenal the three. You know you've you've made it a bit more exciting at the top. So you know you know at the end of the day, if you can't you can't have good games every every match. Um, but what you can do is is try and get eke a point out of everything that you can, and that is exactly what you did. It was a bit. I wouldn't I wouldn't say boring, but it was like a bit like oh, every five minutes. Um, I'd say it wasn't it wasn't a pretty watch um, no. because of in large part what we did to the game in terms of just constantly breaking it up I mean obviously Arsenal were you know they did a few fouls as well let's let's not pretend they were sort of angels in it all but I think that was be- kind of because we riled, we we got their backs up um, I mean the referee I think probably didn't necessarily help as well because he was just dishing out the yellow card for everything I'm, I'm kind of surprised it wasn't a red Jamal Sells, absolute icon got his second yellow card of the season and he hasn't actually been on the pitch for either of them <laughs> legend still still acting like that vocal leader even when he's not on the pitch um, that said the re- well I think we possibly 
Uh, he, he possibly could have given a penalty against Dan Byrne for a shirt pull on Gabriel uh, earlier in the match but he also thankfully for us made that huge call late on not to give one against Jacob Murphy for, for the handball obviously hit his arm but it would have been really really harsh um, so obviously that was a big call that went in our favour uh, thankfully I said maybe we slightly got away with it with um, with Dan Byrne but um, yeah he was our sixth sixth clean sheet in a row in all competitions obviously that run has now come to an end with the Sheffield Wednesday game but <laughs> it was um, you know yeah just given our historical record against Arsenal as we always talk about it was our first draw against them since 2011 <laughs> um, and a very very good point it was for us um, I'd say every point's going to matter now and Arsenal are in excellent form so to get something is better than nothing and um I mean, you did manage to really, really annoy the entire squad, which is a bonus. <laughs> um, yeah, but... so, yeah, good result. As I say, shame that the, the Wednesday results kind of come after it, in a sense, because, um, yeah, obviously, slightly <laughs> slightly down a note uh, on that. But again, we've got two games... We'll, we'll, we'll get to the preview in a minute, but we've got two games in the next week. That's why we'll be coming at you a little earlier uh, than normal again, listeners, because of Newcastle's schedule. Um, but... If we can do well, we we can immediately kind of put this Sheffield Wednesday match to bed, to be honest. Um, but some other good news, in my opinion, <laughs> after some, well, let's face it, some very concerning rumours, again, concerning for me. You may disagree, listeners, but um, I'm sure you know my feelings on Cristiano Ronaldo by now. Uh, but there's been a lot of talk since he's, he's had, obviously, this huge move to Al Nasser, who, of course, a Saudi club. Uh, you know he's going to be earning something absolutely stupid, like 175 to 200 million pounds a year there. It's uh, something like six pounds fifty per second. Oh god! Yeah, in the, in the time you spent listening to this podcast, uh, he's probably earned more than you do in like a month, <laughs> mm. maybe even a week. Probably a year. Um, but yeah, there's been lots and lots of reports of Ronaldo potentially joining us on loan next season if we get into the Champions League because. Uh, there's all this talk about yeah, this sort of so-called Newcastle clause uh, in his contract, uh, which has been very concerning for me as someone who absolutely despises Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, but yeah, Eddie Howe shutting down that rumour, saying that there's no truth in that from our perspective. So I really hope that is a good sign um, that it is just a load of... Uh, but I'm, you know, what, I'm just going to say it. Horse shit. <laughs> I'm just, um, you know. The thing is, he'd be, he'd be rubbish. I mean, he's going to be playing football at a much lower standard for an entire year, almost. He's old. He's not that good. He's not good at at, for, at free kicks. He doesn't run anymore, and he's he's toxic. Yeah, honestly. Um, no, hundred, you're hundred percent right. Like, even setting aside the moral aspect of it um, you know given what he's accused of the fact that I just generally think he's quite an unsavoury character also all, all the incestuous of, relationship of Saudi clubs and Saudi ownership here um, which I think is skirting the law a little bit also yeah setting aside for a moment mm. the, the Saudi issue which again to be fair Newcastle you know glass houses throwing stones and all that but um, you know still doesn't mean we should encourage it but just yeah as you say just from a pure footballing perspective I think it would be a really bad idea to bring in a guy who he turns uh, thirty-eight, I think he, I think he's thirty-seven now. I think he turns thirty-eight in February, so he's going to be he'd be thirty-eight and a half uh, by the start of next season. And as you say, by the start of next season, 
he will have played very, very little top-level football for almost a year because uh, I believe the Saudi league that he's now going to be playing in, from what I have read about it, is roughly around sort of League 1, League 2 standard. And again, he will have been playing there you know, for a good long while. I'm sure he'll still get in the Portugal team for a bit because they're going to let him get his record... Um, for I think he needs to just make a handful more appearances to get the all-time international appearance record for men. So I'm sure they will let him do that, even though he doesn't really have a place in the team anymore. Um, but, you know, otherwise you'd have to think, given where he is, you'd have to think his international career is otherwise largely over. And, yeah, as you say, he's a, he's a toxic force in the dressing room. And also, let's face it, if he's coming to Newcastle because we're in the Champions League his whole shtick will be, right, well, I expect to start in the Champions League, which means we would also then be like, oh my God, we're finally back in the Champions League after 20 years, whatever it is. And one and of then the players we're, then we're gonna go, hard to get his here, can't play. Yeah, instead, <laughs> we're going to play a 38-year-old guy who is demanding it, even though he's not good enough to justify it. And we have to give up a starting place to a guy yeah, who's really old, isn't going to press, and all the rest of it. Um, so I, I genuinely think, like, even if we weren't contributing in any way to any of his wages, which, to be honest, we probably wouldn't. Even if, from a Newcastle point of view, he was completely free, I genuinely think it would still be a really, really bad idea for, like, yeah, squad harmony, actual quality on the pitch, all the rest of it. But also, I just really fucking hate Cristiano Ronaldo, and I really hope he never, ever dons a Newcastle shirt. Um, (laughs) If I'm being completely, completely honest. So, yeah, thank you, Eddie Howe, for hopefully shutting that down. We will obviously continue to wait nervously. I'll watch this space. Just to make sure, but um, that is an encouraging sign from Eddie Howe. Because, and I'm being honest here, listeners, I'm being serious. I, If it came down to it, I would honestly rather we missed out on the Champions League if it meant that Ronaldo didn't come. That is how much I don't want to see him in a Newcastle shirt uh, at any point in my life. Um, okay. Relax. Anyway, Calm. sorry, Eddie Howe said no, it's no truth in it. Okay. So, so the next crossed. two matches, you've got Leicester, uh, Doddle, um, <laughs> and then you've got Fulham, which I think is going to be the hard one. And obviously Leicester, as you say, there's semi-final on the line. Um, Fulham, I think they'll be tough. But, yeah, yeah, they will. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I say, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Leicester first. Just Again, this is why we're coming at you early uh, this week, listeners, again, because Newcastle play on Tuesday, which does not fit with our normal... Wednesday release schedule so we thought if we come out on Monday again we can actually preview this game I think the FA need to sort this out because we said we are going to do it on Wednesdays and now they've just come and I, I, I'm ruined it for us I think they need to actually you know sit and uh, and think about us when they've when they've planned these matches it's a complete lack of respect it for is. our podcast schedule to be quite it frank is, yeah. um I think yeah, we're gonna have to have words there. Um, I'll ring them up after. Yeah, yeah. You you tell them off, but I. <laughs> yeah, it's well as you say, you're very confident in Newcastle's abilities to win this game. Oh God, we'll, we'll I generally am. Though obviously um, Saturday was of course a bit of a downer for Newcastle, but you have to assume we're probably going to be playing a much stronger side than we did on Saturday. I'm sure the big guns are going to be back. And generally, although Leicester did avoid a giant killing because you were in a similar situation to us on Saturday, yeah, you were away at, away at Gillingham. Um, he actually scored though, Mr. FA Cup. So yeah, you, ma- you managed to avoid it. <laughs> we did not. 
uh, we fell into the trap. But in terms of just generally recent form and our recent record against you, uh, the last couple of times you know we've played each other, I think we've got a very good chance here. Um, and I mean, look, I'll, I'll be cheering on whoever makes it through in the uh, to the semi final. If if Leicester do, I'll, I'll be ha- happy for them and cheering for them. But obviously, from a Newcastle point of view, you know the chances of making that that uh, that semi final uh, would be massive. Uh, especially because, well, let's face it, Man-, Man City, Man United, will almost certainly be conveniently kept apart. Not to put a tinfoil hat on, <laughs> but could you imagine if they got each other in the semis? Yeah. You know that means if if whichever one of our teams gets through on Tuesday, could potentially have a very doable semi final. Again, doesn't guarantee anything by any means, but better than playing Man United or Man City. <laughs> We'll we'll probably get through and get Man City now, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a big opportunity for us, and it's a it's a big opportunity for us to put Saturday to bed, um, you know, put that out of sight, out of mind after that disappointing result. So um, yeah, fingers crossed. Come Tuesday night, um, yeah, we can we can get a, a good performance, good result against Leicester, and, and progress. And then, as you say. Yeah, a tough game coming up against Fulham next weekend. I mean, they scored 30 goals and Mitro's been on fire. 11 goals this season. Um, they're 7th in the Prem. They've almost scored as many goals as, as Newcastle. Yeah. Considering the, the funds and really the squad that they have, that is extremely impressive. Exactly. I think I think they've... I think I read the other day or heard the other day that they've already surpassed the points total or they've already equaled the points total that they actually got the last time they were in the Premier League. And obviously, we're, we're not even halfway through the season yet. So they're having... Um, a good old season I think unless they I think they were on something like 28 points so the wheels would really well and truly have to fall off for them to be at risk of relegation now because they literally only need what maybe 10 more points mm. to guarantee it so um, yeah good, they've won, they've good won for them they've won four haven't they since the World Cup as well which yeah, is they've, yeah that's um, building up a really really sort of good good sort of head of steam really I mean obviously when you look at who they've actually played Individually, you would expect them to probably do well against those teams. I mean, it was you know Crystal Palace, Southampton. No offense, but Leicester. No, no, there's no and offense then, needed. <laughs> and then obviously they beat Hull in the FA Cup on Saturday. Uh, again, all teams that you would expect them to do well against individually. But let's face it, that's a, a huge confidence boost, and you've still got to actually go out and win four games in a row. Which, unless you are a Man City, that is never something to be sniffed at for almost any team. You know what I mean? Just exactly. e- even against teams you should be beating, to actually then still go and do it is still another matter entirely. So I say again with the squad and the and the lack of depth that the Fulham have it at, at times, I think I think they've done they've done really well. So this is going to be a really really tough game because they're going to go all for it. And Mitro is going to be desperate yeah, for a goal against abso- you. Absolutely, as you say, <laughs> he's he's had a great season. They've got a good amount of sort of creativity and good delivery into the box. You know, with Andreas Pereira, uh, Kenny Tete as well. I think they've got. I think four assists each this season. Um, so you know they, they've. I think Bobby uh, over Reed. Obviously, he's he's had a, a decent campaign as well. He can do stuff. So you know they, he they've can got do stuff. <laughs> he can do bits. You know, <laughs> but you, you know what I mean. They've um, they've got especially going forward. So at the back, they're not um, quite as tight. But again, it's not stopped them having a good season because you know. But the, going forward, especially. They've got a lot of weapons all over the pitch. Obviously, Mitro being the big one, but you know they've got other players who can hurt you. It's going to be a test for our defence. Hopefully, one we can stand up to. Given that again, 
we have the best defence in the league. We can still say that for the time being. I'm sure by the end of the season we probably won't be able to say that, but for now we absolutely can. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a big test for us and it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be a difficult game. Hopefully a good game. Two good teams again going going head to head. Again, we're at home, so you'd expect us to be um looking to get on the front foot. Um obviously we had that good result against them uh last time we played, but of course there was that early sending off which, you know, <laughs> did help a lot. Um but yeah, I say it's going to be a good game, going to be a difficult one. But if we can get, especially if we can get good results in this in in both of these games, it will really help put to get uh, put to bed that Sheffield Wednesday uh, disappointment and and help us. I was going to say get our season back on track. We've literally had one <laughs> disappointing result because again, the Arsenal one ultimately was it was a was a strong strong result you know getting a point away at Arsenal so uh, I don't yeah. want to act like the wheels are falling off because that's a bit dramatic you just want to win it. you just want to win that's what you're saying I just want to win you just want to win just, you're going to get one on Tuesday I just um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you might get something against Fulham I think I think potentially yes I think you should do however Fulham are um, they're really really up for, for taking on the, the, the big six at the moment and, and they've shown that throughout this season so you know, obviously, I I will always support Newcastle the second team, but I kind of want to see Fulham do well this season, like like really well. I want I want them to be, you know, in fifth, sixth place by the end of the season. Yeah, honestly, so, I, I wish them well as well. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, does anyone dislike Fulham? It's it's difficult. I'm I'm always I always yeah. like the underdog, right? I think it's just being a less supporter the whole time. You know, we have been the underdog for ninety percent of the time I've been alive. Um, <laughs> That it's hard when an underdog is doing really well and then they play a team that I should be supporting and it's like, but, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, how, how the tables have turned with Newcastle not being an underdog. I mean, I know it's fun, but like... Yeah, no, you know, exactly. It shows how far we've come as well. Exactly, yeah, no, <laughs> you it's, know. it's true. But yeah, uh, so we're just going to have to see how both of these games go and we'll be back obviously next week to look back at both of them. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, if you could please give the podcast a like and subscribe uh, and give us a positive review, that would be amazing for us. And we've been Magpies and Restricted. I've been your host, Chris Simpson. Thanks, Cara. No problem. And thank you, listeners. Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts.